As I mentioned at the beginning of the uh, service today, we're beginning this brand new series called Stories That Tell Us. And what we're going to be doing over the next several weeks is we're going to be looking at stories that Jesus told. Normally, we would say we tell stories or someone tells a story about someone or something else. But Jesus' stories tell us. Jesus' stories, as he tells his parables, reveal something about you and me that he wants us to know. And so over the next couple weeks, we're going to be looking at several different stories that Jesus tells, and we're going to see what Jesus reveals about us and what he wants us to know from that. Today, we're beginning with uh, a very familiar one, uh, the Good Samaritan. And what we're going to see is God, Jesus, wants us to love. So let's hop right in. We're going to jump right into Luke chapter 10, beginning with verse 25. Uh, It's the middle of Jesus' ministry, kind of on the back end of things, and here's what we're told. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? All right, so this guy, who is this guy? He's an expert in the law, not the state's law, but he's a lawyer In God's law. Uh, If you were to pick up Exodus through Deuteronomy, God lays out law after law after law for the Israelite uh, people, for the Jewish people. And this guy was an expert in it. He went to school, he studied it, and so he stands up to test Jesus. Jesus has this massive following by this point. He's preaching, he's teaching, and yet what does this expert in the law know? Jesus, you've had no formal training. You've had no formal education like I have, and so I'm going to test you. What must I do to uh, inherit eternal life? In other words, what must I do to enter heaven? We know that question in everyday life today, right? This week I entered three businesses, three different businesses, and all I want to know is how do I enter? I just wanted to enter, but each one had a different protocol. The first one, I I walked in with my mask on, and I noticed all the employees are wearing masks, but then I look, and all the customers aren't. I said, I I don't need to wear a mask here. They said, no, you're fine. The workers do, but you're fine without a mask in here. I leave that business, and I look at the business next door, and that business has a sign out front saying, masks required, and immediately upon entry, use hand sanitizer. So then later in the week, I go and get fingerprinted uh, because I need to get fingerprinted so that I could be in the school with with the kids as our school year is getting started. And I get there, and there's a guy at the door, and he asks me if I've experienced any of these symptoms over the last 14 days. Long list. And after I say no, he then takes my temperature. As soon as I've passed that, then he says, all right, now immediately go to the bathroom and wash your hands. What must I do to enter? Tell me what I have to do, and I'll do it. And if I don't want to do it, I won't enter the business. That's what this guy's asking. What must I do to enter heaven? What must you do to enter heaven? How do you get there? How do you enter? What's the protocol? Jesus answers the man's question with a question. What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He, that's the expert in the law, answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. 
You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you'll live. There you have it. There you go. I could say amen, right? Sermon done. How do you enter heaven? What's the protocol to get there? What steps do you have to take to enter? Love God, step one. Love God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And step two, love your neighbor as yourself. It's as easy as that, right? Do this and you will live, Jesus says. So are you a loving person? Have you loved your neighbor? Well, maybe. What does Jesus mean by neighbor? Does he actually mean your your physical next door neighbor? The people living to the right and left of you? Who does he mean? That's what the lawyer wanted to know. Here's what he said. But he, the expert in the law, wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbor? Classic lawyer, right? Uh, Wants to find a loophole in the law to justify himself. He wants to comply with the law but not fully comply. He wants to find the loophole so that he can justify his lack of love. So who's my neighbor, Jesus? To answer, Jesus tells him a story. In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii, and gave them to the innkeeper. Look, at, look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any expense, any extra expense you may have. Jesus tells a very familiar story. I'm sure you've heard of it. Or you, at least you've heard the phrase, the Good Samaritan, because that's what this is based off of. And in Jesus' story, what does he say? A Jewish man is going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Jerusalem's up in the mountains, up on a hill. And so this man was literally traveling down to Jericho. And the the road from Jerusalem to Jericho was very windy around the mountains. And it was very possible uh, for robbers and thieves to hide out around a corner. And as you came around, they would jump you unexpectedly, beat you, steal from you, and leave you half dead. Which is exactly what this man experienced. These thieves robbed him, beat him, and left him half dead powerless to do anything. And as the man lays there, all of a sudden a priest walks by. A pastor, the person who leads a church, he, he's supposed to be loving, he speaks God's word. Uh, great, a hero is here, right? Wrong. This priest walks on the other side. Then a Levite walks by. A Levite was a temple assistant, so he helped with He helped the priest with whatever he needed in the temple. Sacrifices, incense, whatever. Maybe he'd be loving. But he wasn't. He walked by on the other side. And then Jesus says, a Samaritan walked by. At this, the Jewish people who were listening stopped and were 
uh, just completely blown away. Not in a good way. Horrified. Why? Because the Jews hated Samaritans. God had instructed the, the Jewish people uh, not to marry with, uh, with the other countries. Marry within the Jewish country. Samaritans were half Jews because they did not listen to God's word. Instead, they went and married with the countries around them. And so the Jewish people hated the Samaritans. They actively prayed against them. They talked poorly about them in the synagogue. They'd never, they didn't even want to eat with a, a Samaritan. In fact, they were so hated by the, the Jewish people that a Jew traveling from Galilee to Jerusalem would, instead of making the direct trip and going through Samaritan country down to Jerusalem, they would go out and around doubling their trip just so they wouldn't have to see a Samaritan. That's how much hatred was in their heart from a Jew toward a Samaritan. And this is the man that Jesus makes the hero. It would be like if you were a diehard Democrat and Jesus made the hero President Trump. It would be like if you were a diehard Republican and Jesus made the hero President Obama or Joe Biden. It makes you grit your teeth in anger. That's what this Jewish person is feeling right now. But when this Samaritan comes on the scene, what does he do? He has compassion on this man who's lying on the ground. He goes to him, he pours oil on his wounds, he puts bandages on his wounds, he puts him on his own donkey, brings him to an inn where he personally takes care of him. And then in the morning he gives the the innkeeper two denarii, two days worth of wages, which would have bought two months in an inn. And then he writes a blank check. Use whatever expenses you need, and I will pay you back on my way through town again. Complete love. Think of all the excuses a Samaritan could have used. That guy is a Jew. He hates me. He actively prays against me. He doesn't even want to see my face. He wouldn't do the same for me. He got wrapped up in some gang-related activity within his own uh, nation. Not my problem. He doesn't like me. I don't like him. The end. He's on his own. He could have said, I I don't want to take the cost. It's going to cost a lot of money to help that person. It's going to cost me my time to help that person. But he didn't. Complete uh, love without exception. And now Jesus asks the most important question. He says to the man who wants to know who's his neighbor, he says, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Which of these was a neighbor? Which of them showed love? I picture the, uh, the Jewish person answering through gritted teeth. He couldn't even say the Samaritan. He wouldn't even say it. He, he's so angry. The one who had mercy. Jesus says, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. What are the steps to heaven? What are the guidelines? What's the protocol to enter eternal life? 
It's loving without exception. It's loving without exception. Loving even your enemies. So are you a loving person? Do you love your neighbors? Not just your physical ones, but do you love your neighbor? If you're like me, you're answering, answering, well, the, the people I love, I love pretty hard. I would, I would love like this for a certain group of people, but do I love all people like that? Do you love people like that? You see, we want to so badly relate to the Good Samaritan. We want to be the hero. We want to be the one who loves. But in reality, we actually have more in common with the expert in the law than we do the Good Samaritan. Because like the expert in the law, our hearts constantly try to justify our lack of love. We are constantly looking for the loophole to justify our lack of love. I'll give you an example. If you drive down into Austin, you see homeless people all over the place. Do you stop and help them? Well, no, you say. And then the justification starts. Well, no, because if I give them money, they're just going to spend it on booze or, or drugs. So it's better that I don't. Justifying your lack of love. Or what about the person who, who comes to church looking for help, needing financial assistance? What's generally our first response? Well, we want to know why they need help. Was it because there was some kind of tragedy or some kind of sickness or disease, cancer, that, that came out of nowhere and you had no control over? Because if so, oh, we want to help you. Absolutely. But if we find out that they were irresponsible with their money, if they're not working, if they're not applying for any, any work, and they're just kind of looking for a handout because they need help, then are we so willing to help? Are we willing to love? Or do we justify our lack of love by saying, well, the most responsible thing would be for them to get up on their feet and get working uh, and not be looking for handouts. What about the other side of the political aisle? Do you love, could you love, the person who supports Black Lives Matter and riots? Maybe even someone who's destroyed other people's property, burned a business down in the riots? Could you love them? Do you love them? What about the the person who supports socialism and wants to take your hard-earned money and give it to people who aren't working? What about the ones who want to enforce vaccines across the board and maybe even put chips in you to track you? Could you love them? Do you love them? Or what about the other side? Do you love the Trump supporter? The one that you would consider racist and bigoted? The one you would consider selfish because they just want to care about themselves and not other people? Could you love President Trump himself? Do you? Or do we justify our lack of love by saying, they don't show love to me, so why should I show love to them? What do your social media posts look like? If we were to pull them up, what would we see? What do your text messages among friends look like? 
Do we see messages and, and posts that reveal love and a loving heart? Or do we see hateful, condemning, critical, bashing? And maybe even more, what if we could pull up an, a log of your heart, your thoughts? What would we see? Would we see love? Would we see loving your neighbor? Would we see loving the enemies? Probably not. We have more in common with this expert in the law than the Good Samaritan because we love to justify our lack of love and actually convince ourselves that we are carrying out loving our neighbors. And how do we do it? We look for the loopholes and then justify our lack of love. We look for the loopholes in the law and justify our lack of love. But Jesus doesn't allow it. Jesus says, go and do likewise. And this is where the tension is for you and me. This is where the tension is for the Christian. Do you think that man, that expert in the law, left all giddy, all happy, all joyful? Do you think he left rejoicing saying, oh, now I know who my neighbor is. Now I can go do it and carry out the guidelines to enter heaven and I can enter it. No, that man left burdened and angry because he didn't want to love the Samaritan. He didn't want to love people like that. And if you and I are honest, neither do we. See, what this story reveals about us is that our lack of love is big. We are lacking in the love department. Sure, in those in our close circles, we love and we love hard. But we don't have the love that it takes to enter heaven. And if we're really honest, our love doesn't want to carry out, our, our sinful heart doesn't want to carry out the love that's necessary to enter heaven. It's like we, we walk up to the business and we see the protocol to enter because of COVID and we say, there's too many steps there, I'm out. Our hearts, our sinful hearts, look at this list, this how deep of love we must have for other people, and we, our sinful hearts say, I'd rather not. Sin has left us beaten, robbed of heaven, robbed of perfection, robbed of that perfect love, and left on the side of the road, half dead, waiting to rot forever in hell. Powerless, ungodly, sinners. And what this story reveals is that we are so far on the other end from God. We think we're, we are so close to God and yet our lack of love shows that we are on opposite ends from God. And so what do we do? What happens? How are we supposed to enter heaven? It's in this very moment that the good Samaritan walks by you. And he is filled with compassion. Jesus sees you powerless, ungodly, a sinner, left for hell, and he has compassion on you. Think of all the excuses Jesus could have made. 
to not love you. He could have said, Father, they're just going to abuse your grace again and again and again. They're going to be irresponsible with it. They're going to take advantage of it. Father, I'm going to love them. I'm going to heal them. And then they aren't going to be loving. But they're going to justify their lack of love. They're going to find the loophole or try to find a loophole and then in their pride think that they're actually a loving person. And you want me to love them? Father, they're so different from you and me. We are holy and perfect. They are sinners, ungodly. They love hate more than they love love. Father, do you know how much it's going to cost to love that person? It's not going to cost oil. It's not going to cost bandages. It's not going to cost money. It's going to cost my life. And you want me to love somebody like that and give my life for them? I don't have to drain my oil out. I have to drain my blood on the cross for them. And you want me to love them like that? But Jesus didn't make any of those excuses. Jesus loved you completely, without exceptions. He loved you so much that he cured you. He healed you. He bandaged you. He healed the wounds that sin has made. He, he restored your health through his blood shed on the cross. And now when he looks at you, he says, you're justified. You're declared innocent, not guilty. You're healthy. You're whole. You see, this is the point of the Good Samaritan. What Jesus wanted this expert in the law to get to, the point he wanted to get to, is at the end of the story, he wanted the expert of the law to look at him and say, I can't do that. How am I going to get to heaven if I can't do that? Because it's then that Jesus smiles and says, Me. You want to know how to get to heaven. How to inherit eternal life? It's by trusting in the obedience of Jesus Christ. The loving obedience that, of his perfect obedience to God and his will. He loved perfectly for us and he loved us perfectly. You are not justified because you find a loophole in the law. You are justified only through the holes found in Jesus' hands and feet as he was nailed to the cross through his shed blood. And that's what he's done for you. He's loved you completely. And it's through him that you have eternal life. And so go and do likewise. Go and love. It's this love that has qualified you for heaven. And it's this love that now motivates you to go and love. The Bible says we love because he first loved us. So go. And love, just like Jesus has loved you. Let's pray. Jesus, we praise and thank you that you have qualified us for heaven. You have restored us to spiritual health through your blood shed on the cross for us. And now we used to be your enemies, but now you've reconciled us and made peace with us so we are now friends. Let this unbelievable love, this amazing grace, this amazing love motivate us to go and love others. Not to inherit eternal life, 
but because we already qualify for it through your love. Help us to love and be shining lights of the love that you have shown to us. We ask you to continue to be with our country. We ask you to be with the division. Uh, Bring unity and let us be uh, people who bring that unity instead of division. Let our words and actions demonstrate love. Let our words and actions be positive. Let our words and actions bring together and unite instead of divide. We ask you to watch our thoughts, watch our posts on social media, and watch our hearts uh, so that we can show love and be love in all things. We ask all this in Jesus' name. It's in his name that we join to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us the day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.